Hello, welcome to Pit Stop Podcast. I am Jordan Donovan Coltman. I am joined by Tyler Walzak. Uh, this race took place a day early. This podcast is taking place a day late. Uh, nothing has been exactly normal, per se. Uh, when it comes to the Las Vegas Grand Prix, Tyler, we have had a lot of conversations leading into this race all the way back to like last season even before i think when it was first announced there was just anticipation there was a lot of conjecture about what this was going to be like what was who is this going to be for how is it going to feel it's come and gone now and obviously it has been a lot of there has been a lot of attention on all parts of it um but before we get into like the detail of it i want i want like i want to give you an opportunity to give me like your overview perspective las vegas grand prix was great all right there you go so tyler's on the uh positive side i'm sure there are a lot of people who have some different opinions depending where you come down on it well here's what's weird yeah sorry just to jump in no no, let's get into it that's what i was gonna say let's get into it what i found the strangest thing to be was the hype last year was huge f1 is actually putting money into this race so usually like a track is like like austin's like we are here every year this it's basically free for F1 to go there. Austin will be like, keep us on the circuit. We'll keep buying, like we'll keep buying the race. We'll keep buying the race. This is, I think one of the first times that F1 put their money into this event. So they had a lot to lose um, and a lot to win going into Las Vegas and the sales prices, like the, um, the seats, the hotels, everything last year at this time was enormous. Like it, it would cost you an arm and a leg, to go to Vegas. And then about two months ago, you start seeing um, on social media how Vegas is annoyed at what's happening with the strip and how they're constructing the track and the views and they're getting rid of like the Bellagio fountain view and people that are going there are starting to get upset because it's interrupting their Vegas time. So there started to be this like little bit of a negative connotation with it that just got bigger and bigger and bigger the more that people going to Vegas to do their casinos, to do their like uh, just the fun things that come with Vegas are starting to kind of shit on the event to the point where ticket sales started to drop and they dropped significantly. Like if I think there was a hotels that used to be for like $3,000 a night dropped down to like $500 in the last month or so. They were stopping hotels, um, restaurants from, from views of the racetrack unless they paid an enormous amount of money. So things started to look bad about Vegas. And even then they start putting the times of the, the qualifying times of the practices, times of the race to suit Europe. So it was midnight qualifying and 10 PM race on the same day. Um, if you were here in, in the West coast. Now this even had us kind of worried about the event. It was going to fail. It was going to fail. It was going to fail because we also know that it takes a while to get a track to really be a racetrack to find out where you can pass people, where like things can, where the excitement is and what the flaws are. And all of this led up to the Friday, the practice session. They just paved the rest of the strip again the week before. So we get into FP1. And if anyone's watching, they see what's going on. If you didn't know, you read all about it everywhere. It was on ESPN. It was everywhere. A, um, What's it called? The Ninja Turtle. Cover. Rain, a drain cover. Yeah. A Ninja Turtle. It is what the Ninja Turtles use. It's the Ninja Turtles yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. It's a door yeah, to the Ninja Turtle place. Sewer cover. Um, the, that is loose and it destroys Leclerc's car and I think Stroll Science. or someone else. Science. Science. Car. 
sorry, Sainz car, and someone else had a little bit of damage from it, it as well. Yeah, it was, uh, it was it was one of the Alpines. It must have been Ocon. I think it was Ocon. And it cost him t- a 10 grid place to repair his gearbox, his engine, everything that was damaged. Battery. Battery, which then goes to that leads into the to having to fix that. They don't have enough people working overtime because it's like 3 a.m. already. Um, and you you have FP2 practice essentially closed off to to participants. And I got two points. The public, this. yeah. The public, yeah. One, it's out of safety. Two, I kind of don't care. The there is a lot of events in this world that will never get this kind of negative press. The Super Bowl is not a good event to go to. It is not as fun as watching it at home, but people don't shit on that as much as they shat on Las Vegas um and what was what it was actually like to be in Vegas for this race. Because everyone's just complaining. All I saw was complaints from people saying this is going to be a horrible event, horrible event, horrible event. So it kind of soured it a little bit going into it, which then was just exacerbated by what happened to, to signs. So the I care more about the on-track product than I did about everybody just not enjoying the environment around the, the event. And that's all we should care about. Now... The shitty part is what did happen to signs, which is the actual racing part. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I think it's criminal that he got charged 10 grand placement for this. And I know there's rules and I know that these things happen in other tracks, but not to this degree. Like you can't, if you drive over a curb and damage your car, you can, yes, say the curbs are too big at this track, but we kind of know that there's not manhole covers coming up and damaging your car. Um, the, well, there the are there you... are in a few places. So, for example, this has happened previously. In fact, I believe it happened last year. Non, again, as you say, the damage here was like catastrophic. And yeah, reports afterwards the fact that like we're also very lucky we're talking about this the way we are because this could have been much more severe. Yes. The speed at which he was traveling, the speed at which the cover came in. If you've seen the images of the floor, we're talking about like that balsa wood running board, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago being ground down. This is an incredibly strong part of the car. It was absolutely annihilated. It was mm-hmm. just, just absolutely destroyed, it destroyed the gearbox, destroyed the engine. And he reported later that like the impact basically right up to his ass. Cause he's sitting right on the floor of the car. Yeah like right up his spinal column, the impact he said was worse than any collision he's had in the sport. Like it was just like literally having the bottom of your car, like a, like a, like a concussive explosion right underneath your car um, at, at incredibly high speeds. Uh, so he's incredibly lucky. He was okay. But as I said, it has happened previously. It's happened at Azerbaijan, which is another street circuit um, because that's the only place that these things happen. Monaco, uh, Azerbaijan, I guess uh, probably Singapore, any street circuit, would have naturally occurring, not that that's not the right term because no, this is it's all man-made, but they would already have manhole covers because they have yeah. to be there for when the rest of the year, the car, the, the it's just a regular car street on any, you know, city street that's got to be able to do drainage and have water flow underneath it. So they're there, but they're, 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 um, you, you know, they have a method and a, and a plan to secure them. They're, they're welded to the ground, basically. And additional concrete is poured over the seams. Clearly, in this situation, it didn't work. Uh, the ground force uh, of the car sucked it up basically like a vacuum cleaner into the bottom of it. And it also mm-hmm. just demonstrates the power of these, yeah. of the ground effect on these cars. Right. So, um, but I, I mean, going back to what you were saying, like, I agree. I think it, it's easy to get swept up in the negativity that surrounds um, the mob mentality, negativity that kind of happens with these things. Like when one or two things start going wrong and you, 
it's easier to report on. It's kind of more fun or it's more salacious to, to report on the negative things because it sells papers. It click, you know, it's clickbait. People want to get into that part of it. I think there's always a little bit of resentment around these kind of events that are exclusive in terms of their price tag, where like when they start to have some struggles, people on the outside who wouldn't, weren't able to sort of attend it, like to shit on it. Cause it's, it makes it more fun to accept that, you know, it felt exclusive. And now these poor people, or, you know, the people who are there, you know, they're, they're getting what they deserve for paying so much for something. And it's like, that's not really, wh- why do we need that kind of negativity around yeah. any of it? Um, I saved a clip. We don't do this a lot on the show. I actually have like an audio clip from one of the pr- press conferences. I thought I'd share if I may. Yeah. We're pull- I'm pulling a bit of an audio, uh, audio, an audio audible. There you go. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I like this it. is this is Toto Wolf in response to a reporter basically criticizing the race. This is prior to this is after uh practice one and two um in the same press conference that uh Fred Vesser obviously also was quite upset about the penalty. We'll talk about that in a second. But this was his response to some of the negativity. Did you ask the question? It's completely ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. FP1, how can you even dare trying to uh, talk bad about an event that sets the new standards, new standards to everything? And and then then you're speaking about a drain cover that's been undone, that has happened before. That's nothing. It's FP1. Give credit to the people that have set up this Grand Prix, that that have made this sport much bigger than it ever was. You can have you ever spoken good about someone and written a good word? You should about all these people that have been out here. Liberty has done an awesome job, and just because in FP1 a drain cover has become undone, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be moaning. The car is broken. That's really a shame for Carlos. It could have been it could have been dangerous. So between the FA and the track and everybody needs to analyze how we can make sure that this is not happening again. But talking here about the black eye for the sport on a Thursday evening, nobody watches that in European time anyway. Come on. Total Wolf never minces words, but he's right. Who's watching he's FP1? Not, yeah. How, he throughout is the year, accurate. how many times are you watching FP1 on TV? The first race of the year. Like most of us, and and I mean, the, you and I are, I think, an exception to the rule of most of the people probably who listen to the show. Very few of you are actually dedicated and watching enough. And frankly, if you live in Canada like we do, they're not nine times out of ten, it's not even being aired, right? Yeah. It's only being aired here because first off, it was at a terrible time slot. We can talk about that because we did already. I do think it was too late at night. Now I was in the Eastern we, we Time should. Zone at the time, yeah, because um, I was in Hamilton all weekend, and I was like. It was hard to find, like it was hard to, 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 to actually be able to watch it live, uh, qualifying or, um, yeah, qualifying was at like 3 AM. Yeah. Now, so, but that's something I will, I will, but, but I agree with what he's saying. The sentiment, I is completely right. we don't agree. need to just and, shit and shit and shit on it. And, and that's exactly kind of why it was, it seems like now looking back in the last 10 minutes, it's been a somber opening, but it was very unfair to have all that negative connotation around an event that you haven't even seen the product of yet. So he's not wrong. And who didn't, another person who didn't help this was one, the FIA because of the time. Now they had traveled um, like the, just their schedules having to go back to Europe and coming from Europe. um, I think they went back real quick for a week. I don't know exactly, but everybody was tired. Everyone complained about the schedule because you're affecting their sleep patterns in essentially a city that never sleeps. Now, that alone is going to cause frustration and grumpiness on your everyday life. 
So that's going to feed into the interviews you're doing. Verstappen did not help this at all either. No, because he, he was the, yeah, of the no. fanfare that came with it. And again, this doesn't need to happen at every race. I think Leclerc said this, and I think Alonso backed him up after it was like, yes, this is Vegas. It is a different beast. It's the first time it's there. We need a little bit of fanfare like this to get this market bigger to, to continue to, to have formula one moving forward, because I don't know if anyone else knows this, but the casual formula one fan is not there anymore. They're not watching drive to survive anymore. So you do need this fanfare and it's Vegas. Like it, it was awkward. Don't, did you see the, the Michael buffer with Perez? They just got to let these guys know, hey, just continue walking past. We're going to do just do this. You're going to go stand in front of your car. There'll be a photo op, blah. Like Perez just didn't know what to do. That's not on Vegas. That's on him not paying attention um, to what was going on and kind of just not like awkwardly not getting out of the way. I mean, it was awkward and it's it will get old over time. But at the same time, it is a fun thing for the fans in that city. Like we talked before about playing different um, music for intros that are more relative to like Mexico when they're in Mexico. Like I think there was a mariachi band or something like that. Like that mm-hmm. stuff is, needs to happen more because that's going to grow one, your culture, why people want to go visit that spot, which is why they have these races in the first place, really. Um, so like it's it's not a bad thing. We get that it's annoying to guys like Perez because guys like Perez as and sorry, Verstappen. We get it's annoying guys like Verstappen because guys like Verstappen are there specifically for the racing and they don't understand what comes with that, which is annoying to us. What um, I would also but, say, you, but you're doing a disfactor to the product before you even get to yeah. go to 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 the race. Totally. And what I would also say is I think what's what's difficult about this is and it's it's funny. So full, you know, full dis- disclosure, like I I I just watched this race what Tuesday morning here because I was at another large event, not quite to this scale, obviously, but I was at the Grey Cup in in Hamilton for my other job and the reality is that like that is this that is Canada's version of the Super Bowl, it's smaller, but it takes over an entire city, not unlike mm-hmm. a Grand Prix does for a weekend, right? You're in a space where like every part of the weekend is designed to be focused on a specific uh, audience. Sometimes it's about the fans that have traveled there. Sometimes it's about the TV market. Sometimes it's about, you know, and all of those different pieces have to be thought about in such a way. When you move into a city like Las Vegas for this kind of race, there are elements of the production that are for the fans in the stands and Mm. it's impossible for you or i sitting here to really know what that experience was like because we weren't there and to be fair they're not the ones who are really going to be articulating it what i will tell you is what we do know because we've seen it i think that the way they they handled canceling the audience portion of fp2 probably could have been handled better from a PR perspective. But again, we're talking about something that happened at like three o'clock in the morning. Nobody's doing their finest work at three o'clock in the morning from a customer service perspective, from a, you know, production perspective, but you know, handing them out $200 gift cards to the shop when they've paid thousands of dollars. And in some cases, that's the only time they're actually going to sit in the stands. It's not ideal, but it would be no less ideal than if you had gotten to go to a world series and the game gets rained out and they're going to bring it back the next day. And guess what? Those fans are probably on flights and they can't all get it. Like sports sometimes has inconvenient delays that cause problems. That's part of it. Now, they will work on how they anticipate that and how they compensate people moving forward. It's the first time they've ever done it. That's part of it. But again, most of the decisions about this race are not for those people anyway. Yeah. And it is really about 
the television broadcast because that is where the millions and millions of eyeballs are. And they're designing it for that. It's the first time they've ever done it in Vegas. They did it to a scale that I would argue they don't do anywhere else. I think this is what Toto's trying to say. Like they don't do a show this big anywhere else. You know, like Monaco is a big party, but it is not this level of broadcast product. There is not an opening ceremony. There is not, you know, they probably have more cameras on it. They probably have more people involved in it. They literally just built a track from nothing for the first time ever, which we've seen can they take some growing pains. They built yeah. all of the facilities and you're doing it in a city that already has all of these other complications in terms of the logistics of it. It's not like arriving in Abu Dhabi was, you know, a decade ago and basically building a track and then having a city spring up around that specific track. Cause you're not right in the heart of Abu Dhabi. So like, yeah, some patience that's important, but recognizing too who the audience is at the end of the day, did you watch the race? Could you see the race? Were there cameras on all of the corners? Were you able to identify all of the key information? Yeah. They put on a show. They did the best they could with it. And if the drivers are the only ones who have mics put in their faces, they're also, this isn't for them. Like the production part isn't for them. The question yeah. at the end of the day is, could they race? Were they successful? The biggest whiner whiner in chief, as he always is, is Max Verstappen all weekend. Shut up. You finished on for in first place on top of the podium. You still and were then, able to race. So get out. But not even that. After the race, he said, this was a good race. Mm-hmm. I like this track. This was a good race. Like, dude, yeah, that's the, like that's you just shat on it for five days. You literally helped the narrative of this is going to be a disastrous of a weekend. Yeah. Why are they doing it? Yeah. And then you go out there. You actually do put on a show where you weren't dominating the whole time. Like Leclerc very much passed you. Um, it was it, like it was a very good race. I watched it live. I watched it live. Yeah, I like, and I wasn't. Hey, that's going, the first time all year. I actually <laughs> lucked. It was awesome. I lucked out. We were about to put a movie on, and then one of our friends dropped by, and I was like, "Well, we can't watch the movie." And so, um, as like we were just what kind of movie was we were drinking watch with a friend. Well, it was because that we they wanted to like it was like talk. It was like a friend that came over. It was like, oh, I was like uh, brought a bottle of wine. Why don't we just sit down, sit around and okay. chat? And I'm like, oh, I'm not. We were in the middle of a movie, so I was like, I'm gonna turn this off and put oh, the race. I see, I see, I see. But then I, see. I was able to watch the race live nice. while I had people over. It worked nice. out very, very well. All right. Uh, well, then let's talk about some racing. Let's talk about yes, on track. Let's get stuff. into let's it. Let's get to it. Okay. So thank you if you've stuck around this long. <laughs> Appreciate it. Let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the business at hand. We'll skip past the the, the final practices. Um, We've already acknowledged both of us, I think, disagree with the penalty. It shouldn't have been there for Carlos. That wasn't the only thing I would say is, okay, yes, I did not know that this type of thing happened before to that extent. But I think a first time you go to a track, specifically a street track where there is new pavement, maybe there's some leniency on the penalties. I think I think that that's probably what is the right answer, because I think that there's definitely an element of like the it's hard to penalize someone when they've literally done nothing wrong because he did nothing wrong. Um, the the point here though, is that this is part of the whole new cap thing where like he wasn't penalized for an on, on track thing. He was penalized for the changing out of parts, which was essential. The, the, the piece is this, mm-hmm. had he spun out and damaged his gearbox, he'd have been penalized. So in this case, yes, yeah. the track caused it, but at the same time, it, you know, it's a very it, it is a it, it's it's a bit of one of those like weird rules where you can't leave too much leniency, but at the same time, maybe an it's something they, they can put in maybe it's something they can put into words. Maybe into it's a sliding scale. Maybe it's exactly. like three spots instead of ten if yeah. the circumstances are mitigating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. The same way, like I don't think he would have gotten that penalty had he been hit. Like if someone else had caused the incident, another driver, he would have been given a penalty. But I don't know if it would have been as severe because, again, in that situation, the other driver is really at fault. Anyway, it doesn't matter. From that point no. on, it was what it was. Um, let's jump into qualifying itself. So 
Uh, admittedly, I've, I didn't watch qualifying live. I didn't watch any of this live. I've watched it back. So from, from your perspective with qualifying, what were the biggest, uh, you know, things we were learning? We, we knew the track was going to have some challenges. It was a slippery track. They were having trouble getting tire temperature there, but on a single yeah. flying lap, you know, it, it, it was there. Obviously some teams found some great success and some teams struggled a little bit, but for you, what were the biggest storylines? Well, without going through like Q1, Q2, Q3, sure. all in, in order, um, the Ferraris starting up front obviously in qualifying we know that science has a penalty so he's not going to be on the front lap but those guys both outpacing verstappen who didn't even i don't know if you if you know this but didn't go out for the last two minutes yeah 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 he yeah he was out there and then he went into the pit instead of instead of doing his uh flying lap um which i thought was very weird and also this is again with him i hate going back to this but with his negative connotation and, and negativity all over towards this track for him not to go try to get that last lap for a pole kind of made it seem to me like he's trying to make a statement that he doesn't want to be here. Right. Um, but regardless, you look past him because we don't talk about him anyway. So why start now? Russell in fourth, but then Gasly, Albon, Sargent, Botas, Magnuson, Alonso. That's the guys. Those are before Hamilton, before Perez. Um, Strolls at the bottom. Norris, 16. Ocon, 17. Piastri, 19. Like, that just... Like when are you ever gonna hear? It might be three more years until you get a Gasly, Albon, Sergeant, Botas, Magnuson, Alonso, as like five or four down to uh, to ten. Yeah. Like that's so cool. The one I wanted to to talk about specifically was Sergeant and and the Williams. Now we've seen Albon have some pretty good qualifyings this season. He's definitely obviously he's been significantly better than his teammate. But you know, there's a lot of rumblings around like, does Sergeant deserve that seat? Is there somebody else who should be in there? He's had a pretty rough rookie year, and yet, you know, this was an important race, not unlike Austin, not unlike uh, Miami was in a sense because it's you know it's his home Grand Prix. But this is really like the closest he's going to get to driving at home. He's a California kid. You know, you're you're in the desert in Nevada, just next door to California. He's a lot of pressure on him to finish the season with some points or to try to make something, you know, make an impression. And he goes out there and absolutely stomps qualifying, does a great job in that car, outperforms what his car should be. At one point, I think he was sitting in fourth. And then, you know, as the final laps came in, he trickled down. But like from a guy who finished 20th in qualifying in Brazil to only one race later jumping all the way up and being in Q3 to begin with and then to have such a, a good finish finishing um you know as he did I like I think that's a really a really really impressive turn and it shows that there's great potential still in this driver he just needs to start to to find that consistency and start to be able to like perform to his teammates ability and I think he's put a lot of pressure on himself this year I hope that they have him back for one more year and I hope more importantly that it, his mindset shifts a little bit to focusing more directly on like, just compete with your teammate for now. You don't have to worry about everybody else out there. Just chase Albon. If you can stay close to where he is, you're going to find success. I think Williams is going to improve their car because they have some new leadership there. James yeah. Vowles, like they're going to start to be able to push a little bit against some of those bottom table guys. Uh, and, and this was a great result for him. I think it was really positive. Well, I, I agree with you. I think this probably, if he didn't have, like, if they were, worst case, if they're like, we're getting rid of Sergeant at the end of the season, this made them at least have the conversation to be like, maybe we shouldn't. But if they were probably thinking like, I think Sergeant deserves another chance, Sergeant deserves another chance, this probably put that conversation a little bit further into let's bring him back next year. Because I agree with you, like, something like that, especially with a new race, with um, new leadership and then going into a new like at the end of the year going into a new season you need 
things like this. So if he has another good qualifying uh, coming up this weekend or a decent race, then he's probably earned that that seat for another uh, another year at least or half year because they do those now too. Do you want to talk about the Ferraris? Or are we good on qualifying? I think we're good on qualifying. The only thing I will say that because it is a new race, whoever the director of the um, television production was pissed me off so much at the end of Q3. Russell, they were in Russell's car for the last six turns of his last flying lap when there's no time left. And they're in on his in-camera car, the one like over the shoulder, his head's bobbing around, he's going around. He passes the finish line. They say Russell moves up to fourth. And then they stay with him for like another 45 seconds in that in that exact shot of him just slowly going around corners after he's passed. And then you get Gasly passing, going up to fifth. You get Albon going to sixth. You get Sergeant. The most exciting, all the guys we just talked about, you didn't get to see any of them cross the line because they were stuck in Russell's um, cockpit. And I was so frustrated by it. I was like, this is the most frustrating qualifying direction of a television yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole year. And it was even frustrating for like Crofty and them. They're like, okay, well, this person just went through. They're going to this. This person just went through. Like, why are we not watching that? It was, ah. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Had that's like, fair. Blood is boiling now. Just remembering that. Yeah, that's moment. a big one. Um. Anyway, so it leads us to it leads us to the race itself. We have Leclerc on pole, which is a big piece of this puzzle, right? To begin the race, um, race Saturday night. Uh, as you say, you watched it live. I would be curious to know what its numbers were. Uh, just yeah. given the time of airing in in different time zones, but it is what it is. Uh, it take uh. It, it gets off right away. Like this race does not take very long to be well, like we like to call it high event. Uh, first yes. corner, we'll we'll start with the max into Leclerc situation. Where do you come down on this? Did he did he take him off the road? Should he have well, given this, that position back? This is going to go into another rant about the beginning of this, like the first time being in Vegas, which we kind of we talked talked a lot about these times last week. But if this this the reason for Stappen went into Leclerc, which. I don't want to defend Verstappen here, but he doesn't have the tire, like the Temperature, tire temperatures yeah. to make that turn. So he has to push him off. But could he, he not have been said, more, could he not have been more defensive? Like, could he not have been, couldn't he not have just bra- braked earlier? Like he didn't have to be that aggressive. I don't think he knew that his tires were going to be yeah. that much of a flaw at the beginning of the race. And it wasn't just him. Like a bunch of guys did it. They had some guys spinning well, around. They like, also have to like put like kitty litter down on the start line because like one of the cars had one of the, like the like vintage cars was like leaking oil or something. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Well, you know, they do like the pre race, like yeah. parade or whatever. So apparently one of the vintage cars that they used for that leaked oil on the start finish line. So they had to put like the like sand kitty litter stuff down to like mop it up. But if you watch back, like the actual start itself, Everybody on the left-hand side of the pit lane, or of, uh, pardon me, of the of the starting grid, is like going over this this basically like sand trap, which yeah. can't be good for the tires when they've no. already been sitting there. Like it, it, there's so many factors, and then obviously as you say, like that first corner looked like a skating rink. You had Alonso it, just tapped, and all of a sudden he's doing a full 360 into Bottas, who hit him twice. You got Mercedes, um, like uh, Lewis, getting hit from behind because nobody could brake in time. Signs, I think, again also misjudged the the tire temperature. It didn't look. Like he bro- was breaking late. He just, when he went to break, he didn't have the traction, as you say. Um, yeah, it, it, it was it, it, the it whole was thing. Keystone cops. And it's very, it's a very simple fix, Jordan. Don't have the race now. Have it yeah. at maybe the first, maybe the last race into the summer break or the first race back from the summer break. 
Yeah. Because you'd want this race in Vegas at night. It is very cool at night. But you also want to have the temperatures to have your tires, which you can just very much do if you do this in summer in Vegas. They'll have the yep. track temperatures at night. Yeah. It'll be easy. For sure. And then no, you can do sure. the 10 o'clock. You can do the 1 a.m. It's still dumb, but you could do it if you want. But you'll you also have the could be doing this race at 7 p.m. where the temperature yes. hasn't dropped. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And it would be at a decent airing time in the Eastern time zone. So look again, learning, maybe they'll work on that. Maybe they'll try to fix that. I think they intentionally put this race second to last. They've got to deal with Abu Dhabi that it's always the last thing, but they wanted this to be like kind of the crown jewel of the season. <laughs> Clearly didn't get there for them in the first yeah. year, but that I think was the objective. And you're right. Maybe now that they'll be like, okay, that didn't work. Let's look at a different way to tweak this and adjust this. And we'll, well it's going to be, it's going to be the third, the third last race next year. So it's at the same time next year. Last. Interesting. All just right. a week well, earlier. A week earlier. But and but but they just can't have it at the same time. They got to they got to change something because even after we had um, Verstappen drive off Leclerc and then we had the the yellow car, I think four laps in, was that right? Yeah. So Norris on lap four goes into the wall, and that Again, was a crazy collision. Like that was a, higher. He's higher lo- temperature. He, he ended up in the hospital. I don't know if you know. saw that, but they went. They took him to the hospital. He he apparently he's okay, but like. The also speaking of camera angles and things, did you see the first shot of that? Like how they didn't even see it because the camera had already done its whip pan, but then the whole camera just goes goo, 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 and it's literally the fence that it's attached to is where the collision was. They had to find another angle to see the first, but he traveled, he traveled like a hundred yards backwards yeah. into that Tecmo barrier, and the, still the impact on the Tecmo was was as severe as it was. They had to go to a safety car. That was crazy. Again, tire temperatures. Yeah. That's all. He was no one in front of him. There was no one behind him. Like. Yeah, enough to like tap them or change his aerodynamics, just tire temperatures on a little bump at that one speed. And it just, it sent them circles. Now yeah. during that safety car, we had two drivers, one team asking for the race to be stopped. Both Lewis Hamilton and George Russell said, this race needs to be stopped. This race needs to be stopped, or we need to get rid of the, the safety car because the safety car is moving too slow yeah, that our so tires slow. are ice cold and when we start this up, everyone is going to spin. It's going to be the same first turn on the first lap um, again. So I, I just, again, I, and it's a great track. Like this race was awesome to watch. It was very high event. Second started- highest, second highest overtakes of the season. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is great. You definitely had some of that. And again, maybe you could argue the tire temperature is a factor in that because it leaves some guys vulnerable as they come out of pit stops and such and such. But um, those long straightaways create some great drafting, some great opportunity for the slipstream into the into the DRS, all of those things. Uh, and you also don't have as much time to harvest battery to defend because you don't have as much break zones. That was a big thing is uh, the batteries, you, you couldn't harvest them because you're right, there, was no, there wasn't much break zone. Um, because of those high speeds. Now, I do think, and they were talking about this, that the long straight DRS, they got to get rid of because it's just too powerful. It's just too much, yeah. Too, too much. Um, or at least cut the DRS in half. Maybe don't have it until halfway down. But um, like the three long straights and then the slow the slow corners, this, this track was awesome. It was awesome. And I think that turn 17, the last turn before, might be my new favorite turn on the circuit, like us on the whole season. Wow. Like once nice. you get guys passing on that, so exciting. So exciting. Now is that full speed through that? So let's let's jump to the end here just for the the top guys, and then we can go through the table for some of the other storylines. But how about the finish for Perez and uh and Leclerc there? Where do you come down on was Max should Max have done more for his teammate in that situation or or no he came back circumstance? He was up, he was ahead by five seconds. They said, Hey, get back to within 2.5. He went down to 1.98. 
in probably three seconds. He yeah. basically braked, let him come in and went. So I think Max did what he could do for Perez. Perez, I don't, he has a wider back end of his car. That wing is wider on the, the Red Bulls than it is the Ferraris. He could yeah. have just stuck his ass inside. I don't know why he didn't take the inside lane before because yeah. I don't think he thought Leclerc, I, he must not have thought that Leclerc had the balls to jump down that low and try to take that corner because yeah. he left it wide open to him. If he had just stayed down low, there's no way Leclerc's going to be able to get around him on the outside. I think that was just, I think that was, sucks to say, but because Perez had such a great race, but that was his, a, the one mistake he made that cost him that the second place for sure. If he had just gone down low, I think he wouldn't have given up that spot. I thought Leclerc had a very sound race all the way through, like made very good decision-making from the Ferrari side. I liked the fact that they didn't pit. Now it may have cost him the win to be fair, but I think that was the right decision not to pit on the last safety car where you had both of the, like after the, the, the contact with George and Max, which we can talk about in a second, but uh, like he was, he was running second behind Perez. Perez goes into the pits. You could have just followed Perez in there and then been on the same strategy to try to finish the race. Right. Yeah. But he chose to stay out, get track position. And I like that call because what that shows is that he's there. They are, they are, they're making their own decisions. They're not just following everybody else. They're trying to, yeah. to offset. They're trying to create something. Yeah. He was four laps older on the tires at the end. But he got himself into second position, you know, regardless. And I think he, I don't think he was catching Max either way. Like Max just had the, yeah. the faster car. And again, Max had the faster car of the two Red Bulls too, because he had less downforce on his car. So he had the advantage in the straights. He had to work a little harder in the, in those corners where I think Perez was struggling a little bit in, uh, in final practices in the corners. Therefore they gave him more of that. So he knew once he had, Perez in hand he was going to be that's as best as he was going to get to anyway I liked it I thought that Ferrari had a pretty decent race considering all of that and even on the science side of it like a rough way to have to start ends up dead last after that first corner um, but you know makes his way back up and and like it's just one of those weird days where Ferrari just you know they they kind of got it right I I agree I agree um, well especially because he had the pace at the beginning of the the race like Verstappen passed him on the first turn. Obviously, he took him off the road, but he got a five-second penalty. Verstappen chose to just drive ahead. Now, everybody the entire weekend said, you got to maintain your tires at the beginning of this race is the most important. Verstappen didn't do that. He immediately just tried to get ahead because I think mm -hmm. he knew that he had a five-second penalty coming. But the minute he went back to the same thing all the other guys were doing, which is trying to like maintain your tires, Leclerc passed him. Leclerc actively just out of pure speed and, and pace was able to get back past Verstappen, I think 10 or 15 laps in, which shows the pace that Leclerc had at that track. Now, the only thing is if he went in with Perez, I wonder if he would have been closer to, to holding off Verstappen at the end there, or at least being able to make it a little bit more of a race. But I do agree that in Ferrari's position, they had to do something different. They have to, we have to think outside the box a little bit to see what we can do to see if we can beat Red Bull. Um, yeah. I still don't understand the well, well for before we get into it. What do you think about that five second penalty for Verstappen? Does it even matter? Because he beats no. everybody by 10 to no, 12 to 15 seconds matter. each race. Yeah. That was actually my that I mean, I'm jumping the shark a little bit here, but that that might be my radio call of the race when they gave him the timing of it. Did you hear that one? Yeah, that's fine. Send them my regards. Yeah. It's like yeah. he doesn't care. He knows that it's not going to make any kind of impact. It's like and screw and it. And then and then they said uh Crafty and, and Brundle were just like, well. 
at that point, like you have to give Leclerc the, the position back because it's going to make it more exciting because five seconds means nothing to Verstappen. But does letting Leclerc ahead of him for three turns also make a difference? Like no. it, it, it kind of doesn't, it's weird because you think you could just push off somebody if you're Verstappen on the first turn, get five second penalty, and then just destroy them by 30 seconds the rest of the race anyways. So I did think I was like, there is, there's got to be something that can, no, Verstappen is just, he's just too good right now. So going to the next, the next part was Verstappen and Russell. Man, I still don't know what the hell happened there. I've watched it a million it, times. It reminded me a lot of, it reminded me a lot of a couple of weeks ago where we had that, um, that incident where was it stroll? Someone kind of came up on Russell too. And it's like, you just didn't see him. No, you yeah. know what it was? It was Lewis and Russell coming together there a couple of weeks back in. Uh, oh, right. In, yes. In Mexico. Three, yeah. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah. But it, and it felt the same way. It's like, I don't know if it, Russell just didn't identify where he was. I don't really feel like Russell turned into him. I felt like Russell stayed on his line. Max didn't, yeah. was very, very tight to where he was. But Max also, like, you know, he has the right to be in that spot. George just didn't see him. Yeah. And so he got the but, penalty and fine. He gets the penalty. But it's one of those weird ones where it's like, you know, like how many times has that happened in in, in other circumstances? And, and you know, the 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 guy ahead is supposed to have given be given the the, the advantage. But in this situation, yeah. obviously, it wasn't Russell admitted to it at the end. But the thing that I keep looking back on it is a car. It looked like a an entire car disintegrated with the amount of debris that was. Yeah, that was it was a lot that. of damage. But 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 you look at both cars as they're driving the rest of the lap. I don't see anyone damaged. Well, yeah. So Max's front wing lost its side plate, or a, or a portion of its side plate. I, did it? Because I didn't. I didn't see the side plate. Well, when you watch the replay back, you can see there's two big pieces of carbon fiber. One of them yeah. is clearly a piece of Red Bull, and one. I think George's damage came to the side pod. I think he had a hole in the side pod. Okay. Which, which usually that ends racing around. Yeah, but it didn't seem Jesus. to. So. But he was powerful. He was passing people. Yeah. Very weird. Um, yeah, it did look like a lot of shrapnel, but as you say, like neither car really had, I don't think either car had a wing replacement. It was weird. Yeah, no, no, and, neither, neither of them went in. They both went into the pit because it was a safety car, free tire change, but yeah, yeah none but of they them caused, switched, none of them switched, uh, uh, their front, front wing. It was very, mm -hmm. I, I, I swear to God, like, it's like a, someone just threw a bunch of parts from the sky down to the ground like oh there's a little strange. bit of an accident because i can't see the ma massive damage well and bizarre too that they both walk away without punctures or anything considering that little tiny contact <laughs> with with lewis and uh was it piastri it's piastri yeah and lewis has got like a full puncture out of it they could barely get a pit stop done because they could barely get the car up on a jack it was like a seven second pit stop yeah uh, he had a miserable he had a miserable first half of the race he ended up getting himself i guess into a decent finish but uh, not a great, uh, not a great outing if you're Lewis Hamilton. No, well, considering like halfway through that race is when he got hit, he he ended up like as late as like lap twenty five or something. He was fifteenth, then he yeah. worked his way back up to seventh. Yeah. That was a, uh, yeah. I think he's gonna want that one back. I think that's one of the ones that leaves a sour taste in your mouth, knowing well, that like Russell was good. Yeah, and, like, and he didn't I get out of the car. I just got he didn't I get just... out of FP two, right? Like he, or yeah. out of qualifying no. two, I should say. Sorry, no, yeah, he didn't he get didn't. out of qualifying two. So like he his whole weekend really wasn't very good. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Let's um, talk about your guy Gasly because that was an interesting yeah, weekend for Gasly, and 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 you know some some positive moments there. He's he sitting great up race. there in the top five for, for a big yeah. portion of it, and then sort of just tumbled near the end. So it was frustrating. It was very, you know what? This race was very exciting. If you're a Gasly fan, specifically me, it was 
a great race to watch, but Gasly was in this. Like he was in yeah, this top four yeah, yeah. for the first half. They made a uh, tire decision that had him on a lot of laps on those tires late in the race. Yeah. I don't know why they did that. Like maybe maybe they were also trying to take a, a different um, strategy than Ocon, who ended up having also a great day and a great weekend. Um, but Gasly also had battery issues, so it com- completely screwed him over. Once Ocon passed him, and then those two were going at it with like. 10 laps left. Like they're both Ocon passed him and then Gasly got it back. And then um, they said, don't like Ocon stay in front of Gasly. Do not switch again. And then Gasly just fell down the board on old tires, battery issues. But like, it was a shame to see, but it was very exciting for the, especially qualifying. They qualified fourth um, after all the penalties or the one penalty. Um, But yeah, the whole first half of the race was awesome watching Gasly up there and, and just being, being excited to have your guy up in the, almost playing for podium is always great, especially when they're midfielders. But Ocon had a, a a great weekend and a great race considering he was dumped in Q1. Yeah. Like, so two, two cars don't finish. Obviously we talked about Norris. Can we just talk about Yuki for a second? Has, has there been another driver this season who has been more uh, frequently finishing races by finding exit lanes and actually just driving off the circuit yeah. clean? Like <laughs> it's like, he's like, I don't feel, you know, this isn't going well. I'll take the next exit and just call it a night. It it's was weird. two of them, him and Hulkenberg back to back, like almost within 30 seconds, Hulkenberg yeah. went off and then Sunata had a gearbox issue and he just, yeah. he knew where to leave. It's like, he knows the way off the track without finishing the race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a guy at the, the, the party that always like Irish exits. Someone where you're just like, don't tell anyone you're gone. You just back door. You're out. Are there was, uh, other storylines for you to, to finish it off? Um, Tough day for McLaren. Um, I think, yeah, a, a a great day for the midfielders. I uh, basically just Alpine and Stroll had a Stroll had a great day too. A nice way to kind of sum up there the one race left, but to have double points for those guys um in Aston Martin stuff, it's kind of a good way to go towards the end of the year. All right, let's hand out some hardware then. Uh who for you is the driver of the day? Um I I think it's good Leclerc. Yeah, I was going to go uh, with Leclerc too. Leclerc, and then uh, you know what? Ocon does deserve some praise here. Fourth, sure, but Leclerc's got pole. You know, if we were making it a weekend award, he gets pole, and then he's able to pass Paris at the end to salvage that second place out of it. I think for me, it's Leclerc. Yeah, let's go with not so driver of the day. I mean, Lando. It's, it's not. Yeah, well, I, is it? I mean, I guess it is. It's. it's you kinda, can't. No, you give but... me shit all the time for giving harsh like. I always say, no, he didn't. He was in, no, he just did barely did the race. How can he be not so driver of the day if he barely raced? And then yeah. you give me shit. But Norris, he couldn't hold it on the track, man. All right. We'll go with Lando Norris, not so driver of the day. Uh, um, we do, okay. Well, let's do radio call. I, I already told you what mine was. Do you have an, yeah, a better one? Yeah, I got one? another one, okay. another one that can compete with that. Um, it's when George Russell, they knew he had five seconds, but he was passing people. Toto comes on and just goes, Hunt them down, George. It's very <laughs> Darth Vader. Very <laughs> Darth Vader of him. All right. Hunt them down, George. But it was weird, too, because he seemed to be like he, trying to encourage George to go get like P4. It was like, well, it's they thought he P4. would get it. Yeah, they thought he was going to. They're like, we still are in the race for P4. It's like, you would have had to have five more laps to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he ended up, what, eighth? Uh, yeah. He, no, so like yeah, everybody, right everybody else yeah. in there was right in his window. It was like, yeah, very strange. Um, Hunt them down, George. All right. What's your overtake of the race? 
I got Lewis Hamilton over Gasly on turn 17 okay. um, because of how much I love that turn. Uh, obviously, it was very exciting to watch Leclerc pass Perez um, on that big, long straight. But that that turn, man, I swear to God, that's going to be one of the more famous turns if they keep going to this this track. It's so awesome. Love it. Um, I'm adding an additional award for this week. Okay. Because I know you're not always the biggest fan of the one-off liveries. But this race certainly had a hell of a lot of one-off liveries. Give me yep. your, your favorite specialty livery for this week. By far, Ferrari. I loved Red the white. Ferrari livery. Loved it. Loved very it. Vintage, Saw it very, immediately very and was vintage. like, that's the that's a car. Right yeah. there. That's a car. I like I I I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna give uh two uh honorable mentions, one of them for the wrong reasons. Had a really hard time telling the difference between the Mercedes and the Alfa Romeos, considering yep. they were all black. Didn't like didn't love that. Um, and also I, I, this one's more of a, like, like a, it's not a, it's not a positive or a negative. It's more of like a, what the fuck? Cause the, the, the zebra stripes were a bit much for me. I, I'm not quite yeah. sure how to take the zebra stripes. I, I don't know what the, what, what's like, the Vegas part of that? Yeah. I don't know what that was either. I don't know what that was either. <laughs> it was very, I mean, it was a bit like, as, like some designer convinced them it would just look cool, but it was like, so why didn't you run it in Austin or in, you know, you could have run that at anywhere else. On was the it like a Cirque du Soleil like collaboration? I, I, I don't, don't, I don't know the zebra reference for Cirque du Soleil personally. And I'm assuming if I'm not in there, like a zoo, not a most Cirque people are zoo? either. I don't know. Is yeah, there a zoo, very, a famous zoo? I don't know. No, that'd be like San Diego. Like it did. You know <laughs> what I mean? Very strange. Anyway. All right. Uh, that's uh, that's it for the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Hey, football fans, the Ordinary Podcasting Network is very excited to welcome back for its second season, Running Down the Clock, presented by Puya Ricey and Tyler Walzak. These two football fans will sit down with you every Thursday of the NFL schedule to talk football. You can subscribe to Running Down the Clock anywhere you get your podcast. Okay, no question this week. Um, uh just because we don't want to do one um moving on we, maybe what we'll do to make up for it tyler is that like the end of the year in our like season wrap-up we'll do like a mailbag where we'll we'll get to a bunch of the questions we didn't answer throughout the year we'll, i'll go back in the archive and some of the ones we've like skipped over we'll uh we'll pull up there so that'll be next week yes exactly like our okay. season our season finale episode so so no question this week let's move on uh prep us for our final grand prix of the year we're going back to uh abu dhabi Abu Dhabi preview. First Grand Prix 2009, 58 laps, 16 turns, two DRS zones. The first detection zone is after turn four. DRS coming on the straight between turns five and six. It's a 1.2 kilometer straight with very slow corners on each end. So it's a very, very attractive overtaking spot in this race. Your second DRS detection zone is after turn seven with DRS happening almost instantly, very quickly um, as you go full out through turn eight on a long way to turn nine exciting track but we all know the history here so we're not going to talk about it um what we are looking for in this final race we know for Stappen and red bull have it locked up and it seems like it's just kind of blah 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 race but this is actually very exciting if you watch the rest of the field mercedes only has a four point lead over ferrari for the constructors for second place so you're gonna this is very much a mercedes versus ferrari showdown in abu dhabi um, McLaren has an 11 point lead over Aston Martin in the constructors. Williams has a seven point lead over Alpha Tori for seventh. Very important for Williams to get that seventh spot. Um, Alpha Romeo only has a four point lead over Haas for, uh, to keep Haas in that last place. So Haas technically, if they have a good weekend, 
if they finish like seventh, I think, or sixth, and then Alfa Romeo doesn't, they, they, Alfa Romeo will be in last place. Um, now, if you're just looking at drivers, Sainz and Alonso are currently tied at 200 driver points for fourth place. Norris, five points behind them at 195. Leclerc, seven points behind them. So fourth to seventh is very much all in play um, in this last race. Gasly and O'Connor are going to be racing for 11th. They're four points apart. Gasly's ahead. Um, honestly, like the, the back of this pack is where you want to watch. Like seven to 10 makes all the difference for guys like, like if, in the points, Sunana, Botas, Hulkenberg, Ricciardo, Zhao, Magnussen, all can do things with even like a point here. Um, and then, unfortunately for our guy, Sergeant, that we're hyping up, he is still one point behind Liam Lawson in the standing, so you know he's going to want to get top 10 in this. Last year's podium, Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, uh, DNFs for Alonso, Latifi, again, and uh, Hamilton. This is going to be a one-stop race. This is going to be a one-stop race, guaranteed. Yes, it'll be a one-stop race, and it'll be uh, one last race for the season. We will be back following that. Uh, it goes November 26th, qualifying obviously the 25th, uh, and we'll be back the following week to wrap it all up after a uh, very long but very enjoyable Formula One season in some in, in, in some respects, and we'll have lots uh, to talk about as we prepare for 2024. Until then, Tyler, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, hit subscribe, share it with a friend, Tell everybody about it. Keep it on the road. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to say it. I haven't heard it in a while. Pit Stop Podcast is a presentation of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Thanks for listening. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.